Hello, hello. You didn't even let it ring, did you? <laughs> it just Good. answered. It... Normally, it does a little tone. It rang twice, so yeah. you're late already. Uh... <laughs> All right, so... So, to begin the show, th- my name is Gerald Hernandez, and this is Drifting Pro-Am, and tonight's guest, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. What's up, guys? How you doing? My name is RJ Contreras. I drive the uh, teal, black, white, and uh, some other colors, uh, Turbo E36, um, and I also own a small company called Big Duck Club, so that is me from Southern California. And a, a big question people kind of want to ask a lot is how big is your duck? <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty goose, man. It's a pretty big goose. Okay. <laughs> I was, I'm just asking. This was someone DM me like, can you ask him how big his duck duck is? Asking for a friend. <laughs> oh yeah, asking for a friend. I mean, I know your alter motives. Hey, somebody does it. <laughs> so. Anyway, so I don't know a whole lot about you other than that you run Big Duck Club and you compete a little bit. I don't know any of your prior history. So uh, how did you get into drifting, actually? Man, well, drifting is a funny story. I mean, well, I guess if, if I go back to the to the beginnings, I've been in the uh, in the motorsports industry for, for a long time, not only in cars, but also in motorcycles. I grew up racing motocross. So that's right. That's where I got my need for speed at a very, very young age when I was like three years old back in between Brazil and Bolivia. I was born in Brazil, but I was raised in Bolivia. So and in Bolivia, motocross is pretty huge. So I started racing motocross back then. Um, Then, I mean, after that, uh, I transitioned into rally. Uh, I started racing rally when I was around uh, I was like 12 years old. I used to have a nice Suzuki Swift front-wheel drive. Oh, my gosh. That thing is freaking awesome. <laughs> I still remember it like if it was yesterday. I couldn't even reach the pedals, and I was still driving that thing. It was awesome. How old are you? I was 12 years old. Isn't – wait, the Swift? Aren't those like the Geo Metros, the same things? Uh, in Latin America, we have different models of the, different vehicles, and we used to have over there the, the Suzuki Swift all-wheel drive turbo and they just front wheel drive, so it, it's a whole very it's a whole variation of the chassis in comparison of the U.S. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So and then I mean, just so you know, fast forward many years ahead, when I moved to the U.S., um, I didn't have you know the uh, the means to get a car at the time, so uh, I started doing music. My 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 mother's side of the family, they are all musicians, so I started doing music. I started producing a lot of music, and that is actually what I do currently as a profession. I am a musician. I just don't run Big Dog Club. And uh, I came back from tour. I was touring with a pretty big electronic music artist back in 2013, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And I came back from tour, and I was just tired, like, of the nightlife and, uh, and you know, living, in, like, from hotel to hotel and late nights and management and getting paid on time. It, it was just, it's, it's a rough life here to say. So anyway, I came back to California. I moved in with a few guys with my ex-roommates now. And I remember that uh, I was just outside my house mm-hmm. and I saw this black E36 passing by and I was like, oh my gosh, what car is that? You know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what car was that. So I just kind of like stayed wondering, you know, what car was that? 
Anyway, I went back inside a few days later. The same car drives right in front of my house again, and the guy happens to stop right in front of my house. And then I just went out of my living room, and I straight up walked to the dude, and I was like, hey, excuse me, what car is that? And the, the dude got, like, all super scared, and he was like, what? And I'm like, no, what, what, what car is that? And he's like, oh, it's a BMW E36. And I'm like, dude, I got to get that car. So literally, I went on Craigslist. I found a 1992 BMW E36 in San Diego with a blown engine for 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought it. I remember that I tripled from San Diego all the way to Rancho Cucamonga, where I used to live at the time. Oh, damn. Dude, it was a freaking mission, but it was amazing. And uh, yeah, that's how I got a hold of my E36. Oh, damn. <laughs> from there, the rest is history. <laughs> and now it's where it's at today and you have what it's turboed m52 right yeah it's a turbo 152 i decided to stick with the bmw power plant i consider you know going ls and i consider for for a very short period of time going rotary and uh when i was in high school i had an fc rx7 a turbo 2 mm-hmm. and uh, oh my gosh i just remember the upkeep in that rotary engine was a freaking pain in the butt so i just i was like nope no no rotary for me so, and then, I mean, uh, I just started researching the M52 turbo or the M52 engine. And believe it or not, that engine is extremely powerful and, and very, very, very strong. And a lot of people don't know about it yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, right now it's to the point that they call it, you know, the new 2J. The heads flow better than the 2J. Oh. The, bottom end, the bottom end holds as much as a 2J. I mean, even in my case, you know, with a simple... Uh, comedic head gasket and ARP head studs, mm-hmm. you could all day long put 450 to 500 horsepower in that engine, like bone stock. Same cams, same pistons, same rods, same everything. You just know? a big turbo. Yeah, just a big turbo and then all this uh, supporting mods like injectors, injectors fuel pump, etc. Yeah. And then, dude, I mean, I've been running mine for three years now at 462 horsepower and that thing rips. And that's know? at the wheels? That's at the wheels, yeah. Have you blown it up at all or no? So I did blow up one motor. Actually, only the head gasket blew. Mm. Uh, it was tuning related, but then I changed the head gasket. I, I'm actually using the exact same head studs that I used back then, and mm. it's been running three years strong. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about the the uh, BMW motors. I remember when I bought my E46, uh, it had a blown motor in it, and I already had the LS, so I went yeah. that route. <clears throat> easy switch i mean and you know going ls it's so simple i mean whoever you know i, I mean no there's this huge thing you know where people say oh screw it everybody has an ls no man everybody has an ls for a reason they're freaking good engines you know so yeah nothing to hate on and so are the two j's <laughs> exactly so so when did you uh first start getting into drifting i know you gave me the story about how you got your uh, e36 but oh yeah so drifting uh, going back to that, uh, it was 2014 uh, when when I got that E36. And uh, well, actually, let me step back one more time. So before I had my E36, I had a WRX. I had a bug at WRX, mm-hmm. and I remember I used to run the Canyons GMR. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you're familiar with GMR. Yeah. So and I used to run GMR all the time, so I was pretty pretty good in, in, in backside and in a, a ridge road. 
And one time, I remember that I'm in my freaking subi, and then I see this guy in another bug eye subi, all caged up and everything. And uh, I ended up, you know, chatting with this guy and uh, and talking to him a little bit. And I was like, all right, cool, you know, let, let, let's trade numbers later. And guess who it was? Like, dude, this was like seven years ago. It was freaking Rome Charpentier. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Bro, Rome and I somehow have this weird, crazy stories with, we, where we've met in the past so many times. Like, life has brought us together so many times. Damn, that's nuts. And, and uh, this one last time, which uh, we met up at ASB 2015, I had my... I, literally had just put my turbo in, in my E36 and he was rocking his Corolla and we happened to pit together. Uh, and yeah, since then, you know, we've been in touch, but anyway, uh, that time when I went to GMR, I remember that we were doing runs, you know, the both of us in our, in our, in our subies, but there was this particular guy in a, in an S13, in a black S13 that he used to run the mountains really freaking fast. And uh, he used to drift actually a, a few of the corners. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't condone street racing now, especially with what everything that's going on. I don't want to say that I'm not guilty of it. You know, it's part of, of growing. We all are. But uh, yeah, that was my first intro to, to drifting. After that, when I got the, my E36, I started drifting at Adams. Of course, you know, if you are in Southern California, it's like Adams Motorsports Park, you know, it's one of the uh, places where you learn how to crash properly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or not crash because it's so freaking narrow. Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that was you know that was where i started yeah and then when did you start competition because i know you've done you've done uh you've done comp before and then you did what two rounds this season or three i did uh i did only one round this season oh, uh, i was mistaken but even before so i mean i did i i competed in top drift in 2015 uh for half the half the season okay and then there was another small competition going in uh, Orange Show Speedway or uh, something like that, like in, in San Bernardino, San Bernardino Orange Show or something like that. And I did that one for that year as well. Mm. And, and then there were some things that I didn't agree with, uh, with, uh, with some judge, uh, judging factors. Um, and uh, in my opinion, you know, there were a little bit of, friendly or, or, or favoritism in between, in between drivers. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, ah, you know, uh, I, I want to drift for fun, not just, you know, to, to end up mad at the end of the day because they favorited one, one driver. And, yeah. you know, I mean, and some people, you know, for some people that's cool for, for some other me, like, like me, I was like, no, I just want to drive for fun. And basically I just did that. Uh, the way how I entered the drift league this last season was that, I literally, uh, I had been battling an engine problem for all of 2018 and, uh, but I wanted to drive so bad. And the first, the first event that was around the corner where I could drive was a drift league. So I literally hadn't driven my car for a full year and I just said, ah, whatever, I'm going to go into competition to see, you know, how I'm doing. And yeah, I guess I qualified. I did a round against uh, Dan Stuckey, which ended up, you know, taking second place of mm -hmm. the whole thing. And he ended up whooping my butt, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I did fairly well for not driving in a full year. Damn, that's good. I didn't know yeah. that you had only gotten into it in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, realistically, I just started drifting. Yeah. Then, and then getting a little bit more serious at the beginning of 2015. And then, uh, so when did you start big duck club? 
I started Big Duck Club uh, in 2015 as well. And okay. the way how that started was that um, there was there, there is or there was there was another company who was making over fenders for E36s, the only other company, mm-hmm. who I'm not sure if they're out of business or not at this point. I know that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people replicate, replicated their parts. But uh, anyway, I ended up ordering parts from, from them, and I never received them. I, I waited months and I never received them. So then I just, you know, disputed a PayPal transaction and I got my money back. And then me and my buddy, John, uh, I told him, hey, dude, can you like help me, you know, design some overfenders? And he was like, sure. And then we just did it in my little one car garage. Mm-hmm. It was all freaking filthy, full of bondo and foam. And we decided design our first overfenders and we made it for ourselves. And then that turned into what is now Big Duck Club to where we sell, you know, skirts and lips and over fenders to rear quarter deletes and the whole thing. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Because one person didn't send you some over fenders. Yeah, exactly. You got, you got so, all dude. mad, threw a fit and started your own company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was a total blessing in disguise. And you know what? At the end of the day, I remember when I used to put the, uh, the pictures, you know, online on the forums. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I used to get so much hatred. You know, really? the, BMW, the BMW forums, they were like, what the hell? You know, you're turning a BMW into all, into all these Japanese cars and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I just want, you know, like better fitment because I cannot fit two fit freaking 55s in the OEM body. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, that started with that. And then all all the, the hatred turned into a little business. And then some of the people that, that started hating, now they're my clients, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that. That helps. Actually, they're like, the, I hated it at first, but it's grown on me. Yeah, the first ever, I mean, the first ever over Fender that I made wasn't even put in my car. It was put in Daryl Priono's car. Oh, shit. Yeah. So w- when I was driving, you know, at Adams, mm-hmm. uh, there were only three BMW drivers at, at the time, which one was me, the other one was Daryl, and the other one was Mike Adias. Okay. And the, the three of us used to have uh, E36s. And, uh, yeah, I basically gave Daryl the first set and then, you know, he, he rocked them for a long time and he actually taught me a lot of, of, of what I know in regards of drifting right now, Daryl and Spike Chen. So, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's actually cool. I thought, I thought you were like started drifting years ago or something. I didn't know you were, (laughs) you were rather fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, three, four years ago. Uh, I mean, in in those four years, I've grown a lot, and I've I've gotten to compete with some pretty big people, mm-hmm. or I guess have fun with some big people. But uh, yeah, I I did fairly decent. That's not, and then I'm pretty sure at the time when you first saw that E36, you never thought you'd be making parts for it. Not even a little bit. That's I mean, a... dude, I I was you know complaining how ex- how expensive used tires were. And now I'm exp- I'm investing thousands of dollars into a business, you know, or mm-hmm. into a project that now is a business. That's yeah, that's definitely something, something that's pretty cool for something to happen like that. Because you never know. Like even with speaking of blessing in disguise, like that car I was originally supposed to buy didn't have a title, so I didn't take it. So I took another car, and uh, it already had a cage in it. Nice. So I saved some money there. Heck yeah. 
Where, uh, how'd your first Pro-Am event go? Like, how ready were you? Or how ready were you not? Um, I wasn't. I'm one of those guys. Uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of like you. I've heard the previous podcasts. And I remember you mentioning uh, in one of the post- podcasts that, you know, you just go for it. You kind of don't measure risk. You mm. just, you know, go for it. And I'm the exact same way. I just say, you know, hey, I'm going to do this and I just freaking do it. And sometimes I don't really measure what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> and I remember I went to Willow. Mm. It was at Balcony. And I just took like, I think like 10 tires with me. Mm. Uh, and I was NA at the time. And I remember on Saturday, I went through like six of them. Oh, and shit. I was like, and I was like, holy crap, I don't have freaking tires for the next day, you know? Mm. And I remember I did my first run, uh, and I actually ended up qualifying. I think I ended up qualifying like, I don't know, 14th or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, the second round, uh, I was clearly, clearly not ready because uh, I, I, I don't even know who the heck I was uh, driving with, but he, like, he got me pretty good. And uh, the second round, I remember I came a little bit more prepared, and I actually learned about you know rear toe. Rather mm-hmm. than just winging it, and I did fairly decent. Uh, I think I ended up going uh, to top eight, but then that's it. And then that was the last time at at uh, at a uh, top drift. I still don't understand rear toe because I wasn't able to adjust mine on the last car. Uh huh. So <laughs> I don't, or my caster. So who knows how this next one's going. Dude, I mean, those little things make such a huge difference, and I didn't think so. Yeah, and this one has adjustability, a little bit more adjustability, except for no caster adjustment, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Man, so and Adams was like your primary practice track. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the first track you ever linked. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was the exact first track. And I actually had, again, you know, Daryl, I mean, he was, uh, he had been driving there for, I think, like a year or so. So I kind of, you know, followed his footsteps in regards of how he would connect the the track. Mm-hmm. But I do have to give uh, Spike Chen a lot of, a lot of kudos and thanks because he would actually take me into ride-alongs and he would tell me, all right, you, you, you break like this and you, and you do this and you do that. Uh-huh. And I remember he was the first person who ever told me that you don't you break late. You break early, but with a crap lot of speed. Yeah. So I, so I was doing that little entry literally as fast as I could. I mean, pin down second gear, you know, in, a, in an, a, an A car. And mm. I think I was going like 60 miles an hour and breaking like super early. And uh, and that was when I started getting really comfortable with the car without angle, just you know coilovers and and some sort of rear adjustability, and mm. uh, yeah, I mean, and I remember <clears throat> uh, Spike would tell me, you know, until you cannot outrun people in your stock engine, like in your NA engine, you are not allowed to put more power, you know. And uh, so I try, I mean, I worked that engine so much to the point that uh, when I did, uh, I, I did a horse thief mile run. I think there was like a toy drive in 2014 or, or yeah, 2014. Mm. And I, I was, you know, driving with the V8 guys. And on the, on the down section, I was pretty much keeping up with them because I knew how to work my 130 horsepower, you know, NA engine. 
but I was relying in, you know, uh, in body roll and in transitions for, for angle and speed rather than just in power, you know? Hmm. So that helped me out tremendously. Yeah, now I can say I'm going with stock power in a stock car. <laughs> so well, dude, can't shit you're going you're gonna to learn a crap load, that is for sure. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Actually, I just dropped off my knuckles at uh, driftknuckles.com. Who anybody doesn't know them, if you have a car that you're like, no one makes an angle kit for it, if you send him your knuckles, he will. Nice. So uh, I just dropped him off today. So he's like, come back in a couple of weeks. I'll let you know. Sick. All right, so we'll see how that works out. But what about so when you uh, when you go up for qualifying, mm-hmm. do you get nervous or just you don't even think about it? Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? No, for qualifying, I don't really get nervous. I'm more calm. I've always been calm, you know, behind the behind the wheel. Mm. Um, when I'm against someone, that's when I really get nervous. Uh, so for qualifying, as long as, as I'm, as, as long as I'm comfortable with the track, I'm, I'm good. I really don't think about it too much. I, as it is, I, I'm a person who doesn't stress too much, yeah. but, uh, yeah, w- w- when I'm, you know, when I'm actually tandeming with someone, that's when my nervousness starts kicking in and I'm like, oh shit. Is that Wait. only during, um, like, qual- um, not qualifying uh, <laughs> is that only during comp or do you are you do you get nervous when you're out there like driving with your friends too no just only during comp oh okay only during comp. but then again i haven't competed in the last you know three years or so mm-hmm. so uh except this last part this last time at the drift league and to be quite honest i was perfectly like I was such in a good spot mentally with with Dan Stuckey when I was running against him mm-hmm. until he freaking decided to hit nitrous, you know, like perch the nitrous and go, dude, that is totally a mental buster right there. I was like, oh freaking a, he's gonna outrun me. He's got nitrous in the two J, and <laughs> I started, you know, getting all panicked out, mm-hmm. and then I kind of, you know, I caught myself in the in my lead run. But in my follow, he definitely, definitely. Hello. Yep. <coughs> okay. Ah, oh, stupid thing cut out. It was doing so good too. You there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, good. I think we're good. Let's hope it. I think we're good. Let's hope it doesn't happen again. I don't know why it does it. Just try. I think it's my computer, to be honest. Huh. I mean, the last thing that I heard was, "Oh no." Oh, so, so you heard that part? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I just gotta remember at 23 minutes it cuts out but uh you he uh he got you on the follow you said right well he got me both in the in the in the leader in the chase mm-hmm. he definitely you know he ran the whole season uh he has an amazing team I truly truly admire the mspec team that or the mspec guys and uh I mean he definitely definitely deserve to you know to take uh to be in the podium for the season uh, mm. but yeah he, he got me for sure yeah he's a he's a pretty stout driver oh yeah and that team is nuts i actually got uh a fuel pump off of him when mine went out nice so thank you daniel stucky and yes team. sir yeah and then are you gonna be competing this season 
So I am. I am a going to be completing this season. A full season after four years or wait, three years, whatever. I am going to be completing the full season. With the Drift League? Yeah, with the Drift League. And? Or just the Drift League? Yeah. <coughs> So, full season with the Drift League, and then just the Drift League, or are you going to do anything else? No, if anything, it would be just those two. I mean, I'm going to do all the other, you Wait, know, what are the other two? No, I mean, just those two. So, the Drift League and, and Top Drift, those would be the ones that I would be doing. Oh, yeah, um, that's what I was saying. You had cut out when I said just the Drift League, or are you going to do Top Drift as well? But it cut out on me. Ah, Okay. No, again, just just as of right now, the drift league is like ninety five percent for sure the whole season, mm-hmm. and then a top drift uh, if the finances allow, and then other than that, I'm just gonna be doing you know the fun events and bashes and some of them are on the same weekend. Oh shoot! So then yeah, that might definitely not work. Well, no, it, I think it's just one. Hang on, I think it's um, the round two of the drift league is also round. Three of um, Top, Top Drift? Drift, I think it's one or the other, or they're both round twos. I can't really remember for off the mm. top of my head, but what I do remember is what since ours is on Saturday, um, the Drift League, uh-huh. um, their competition day is on a Sunday. Mm, okay, so uh, it would be, I mean, yeah. Do, do you know? I mean, is, is Top Drift still allowing or going for for Pro to licensing or not anymore? Uh, I heard a rumor that supposedly they weren't, but that was a while ago, and I don't think they, I don't think that's true. Hmm. Okay. I mean, my goal anyway is not to get a Pro to license, mm-hmm. even though I, I want to do competition just for fun and for me and to party. But my goal is not to become a professional driver, mm. so I'm kind of like the uh, the opposite of of the whole industry or or most of the guys that are competing right now. Um, and yeah, that that's not really that. I don't want to say that's not my end goal. Of course, I wanna I wanna keep on driving and hopefully professionally at some point, but not right now. You know, yeah. I, I have to say the same thing. I'm not trying to get like like a full sponsorship ride, but I do want to get my pro license and compete at that level. Yeah. But no, I'm not trying to, uh, get a, get that paid for by somebody else. Yeah. I think I make enough money to do pro two, maybe like on a tight budget. If Mm -hmm. I sleep in my truck (laughs) definitely, and eat top ramen all week, I think I can make it to pro two, but that's about it. I mean, you and I are in the same boat. We have kids. Yeah. They're not cheap. Nope. Not at all. And houses aren't aren't cheap either. Yep. So. Yep. So, so I know I want to do both both leagues if I can as well, but I don't see that happening. What one of the, one of the things that I mean, I one of the reasons why I really want to do top drift is because we get to we get to drift in different tracks, you know, balcony, mm-hmm. uh, oval, uh, what else, horse thief mile, etc. Uh, a lot of people shit on balcony for being a bad track. Uh, like it's a good I test don't... track, but every, a lot of people say like that's not it's not really helping people go to FD. I I mean I actually think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason reason being is because in theory it's a small track if if you consider it a track, but the way how how the organization lays out the cones, mm-hmm. they 
they really push you to be able to control your car in a very specific way. Because, you know, for example, uh, I remember 2016 and 17 by watching other drivers, the layout of the cones was very much, you know, very, very fluid and very angly. And you would be able to, to run the whole course at a medium speed per se. But, but this last year, I remember that there was, I mean, there was a point where drivers were initiating extremely fast and transitioning super fast to a freaking crazy slowdown. Uh, and, you know, then reverse all, all the way around the house and then, you know, come back out. And, and I was thinking, dang, like that transition into, into the second turn uh, must be freaking insane. You need to have your, your, your braking technique uh, or left foot technique, you know, proper in order mm -hmm. for you to, to be able to keep up or to, to have proper speed and shoot out, you know, quick out of that, that turn. So, you know, I think, uh, cause I, I kind of had a, a change of heart rather from, I had made some comments about how, um, just drift was like, they're going off of old rules. They want you to drive their way. And I, I didn't, I didn't think about it at the time or even when I expressed how I felt about it, but I kind of think that now, like they're just pushing you to be better. And I never considered that. I just kind of threw myself a pity party. Instead. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like we all do, I don't, I didn't realize like Taka, like he's the one that does most of the talking since he's like the lead, um, the lead judge there. Like yeah. he really does push you to do some things. Like he's like, well, you're going to find out what you're made of in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, but definitely. it's for good reason. I I never thought about it that way until recently. Yeah, I I think I mean at the end of the day, one of the things, for example, that I that I learned in rally, you know, what almost two decades ago. Holy crap! How old are you, man? But when I'm 32. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were way older. All right, I was like, you drinking from like a fountain of youth? What's going on? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, no, 32. Uh, November, baby, 1986. Yeah. Damn, so, so you just turned 32. Got it. I just turned 32, yeah. But okay. uh, I remember, I mean, one of the things when I was racing a rally back in Bolivia at the time, uh, my my coach was my cousin, who is a very, very well-known rally racer in, in South America. He has, you know, won a few a few uh, seasons. Hang on, hang on. If you can hear me, hang on. Do, 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 do. Okay. He won a few championships. You said down there. Yeah, one of my cousins. It's a it's a well known uh, rally racer mm -hmm. in all of South America, um, and uh, I think right now, actually, as a matter of fact, right now he's running the Rally Dakar. So, oh, okay. uh, so he's competing as we speak. But anyway, uh, I remember that one of the very first lessons that he, that he would teach me is that uh, slow corners are. Slow, slow cornerings or, or corners that seem slow are one of the areas where you could achieve the most time based on how you exit. So, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, you're dealing in gravel, all-wheel drive, etc. But uh, I kind of tried to put, you know, the, the rally knowledge that I had in the past into drifting. And, uh, I mean, it's much more difficult because now you are dealing with constant tire uh, motion or mm -hmm. that's not the right of way of putting and uh, motion no, no well i mean they, they both are you know in motion all the time 
But what I mean is that in drifting, you are, you know, sliding your tires, you're, you're creating grip or you need to get grip. But in rally, you are really achieving or trying to achieve the most grip possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that kind of sounds weird because in drifting, we do the same. But anyway, um, just exiting a corner is very important. And I think Taka and the Top Drift guys, you know, they are trying to teach us that when they put us in those situations to, to where there is some really tight stop. And teaching tight different fundamentals. fundamentals. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, toe speaking once again about rear toe, you know, allows you to, to do that depending on how your setup is. So having some, you know, negative toe and stuff like that. Negative Uh, toe. Isn't toe in or out? Toe in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Toe in. I don't know a lot. Yeah. I guess a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, it keeps kicking me off. That's weird. I know. And I'm really starting to think it's my computer because we just we upgraded everything. It's really annoying. It's got to be, be annoying the, for you guys. It might be the internet connection. Huh? It might be the internet connection. No, the internet's fine. I think should be fine. Where do you... Uh, do you have any plans for the car this off-season or are you just driving it? So... So I finally have the car to where I want it to be when it comes to performance. Uh-huh. Uh, my M52, it's uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm lying. If I could do, you know, two more things, one would be uh, a standalone ECU. I'm still running my OEM ECU mm-hmm. tuned by 22 RPD, which mm-hmm. has been extremely reliable. And I'm running an HX35 Turbo, which, you know, it's a freaking massive little thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's kind of laggy. I get, you know, full boost by like around 3,800 RPM, which is kind of late. I have to be, you know, uh, in, from mid to top end always. So I like to go with a smaller turbo. How smaller of a turbo? Uh, I would like a 5858 58 from Precision. What, do you, what size uh, is yours right now? Oh, my gosh. It's an HX35, so I think it's a 6280... Four, I believe, something like that. It's it's pretty big in correlation. Gotcha. And yeah. What about uh, maybe adding some nitrous so you can be at the line and purge it like Stucky did? <laughs> I would just do it just for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm good. I mean, uh, I'm a believer again, and a lot of people might not agree with me that uh, to run pro-am you don't need to have you know 600 horsepower you sure don't Uh, i don't think you do yeah you could run you know a very successful season with like around you know 350 to 400 horsepower Mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact you know i think rome proved that this year i mean he he got two two championships on on a bone stock you know 5.3 ls yeah with a cabinet yeah with a cabinet that's That's it it. (laughs) So and that that's one of the things that, for example, when uh, when Rome, myself, and Daryl, we're actually teammates, so we go everywhere together. You know, Winter Jam and ASB and other events. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we tend them, um, we try to get as close as possible, and uh, and really learn from each other. I think we're very comfortable tandeming uh, together, three of us. Yeah, and then now Nikki, his brother, that has the wagon E46, mm-hmm. which is sick. Uh, you know. I'm so excited that that he's also rolling with us because uh, we are comfortable, you know, driving yeah. with each other. And then again, driving with Rome, uh, he, 
you know, he, he's a fantastic driver, so he pushes us into getting some some very nice technical lines that are speedy, you know? Yeah, and he was probably the more advanced driver out of all you guys. Do you guys learn a lot from him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely we do. I think we all learn from, from each other. Um, I am definitely the bottom of the pack of, of us three, uh, at least in my consideration. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all very much drive very comfortable together. We get really close. Uh, this this past winter jam, we were tandeming, you know, the three of us quite a bit, and I was uh, I was still fine tuning some some areas of my setup. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't as close as I would have liked to, but still we tandem pretty freaking good together. Hmm. I don't have I I tried tanning him one time with a friend of mine, and then he didn't like how close I got, so he just backed off. <laughs> well you know the, the rule don't tandem with random no, i mean we're friends <laughs> that's the worst part <laughs> i got ex- we were at grange i got extremely close he's like you got too close so i went off road oh man which by the way he ended up like crashing the car later oh, shoot. at grange again and now the car is gone dude and he was grange. worried about me bumping him Grange is like my freaking I don't know, it's like my my dynamite. I love slash hate that track. Same. Uh, it's it's the only track, like the only freaking track where I have broken parts in my whole life. I have no broken stuff at you know at, at Irwindale or at at uh Willow Springs. But dude at Grange, I have broken wheels, I have broken motor mounts, uh, I so my gosh, last uh, in uh, Andy's Lady, which was this past uh, January first, I literally broke one side skirt and one over fender. But uh, freaking a, that track is uh, it's uh, it's, it's a good track to learn. Definitely tight spots and and what I was saying, you know, like very tight cornering and, and stuff. And when you get better there, you start to go balls out. I know. And you break shit. Th- that's the thing. That's the thing. When you actually think that you got it and you go balls out, that's when it freaking bites you back. Mm-hmm. That freaking track bites you back. You cannot tame it that easily, you know? And uh, another thing, you know, that, that that my cousin used to tell me back in Raising a Rally, it's that, uh, what would he say? Uh, uh, you uh, Don't let the, the car drive you, but you drive the car, but you also need to respect the car. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't know at the end of the day one little variable might throw off your whole line, you know, yeah. whether it's the road or the car itself. Yeah. So. You know, I've done, I think the last time I went there or the, yeah, that was the last time I went there. I think it was, um, it was a spring bash event for, from slide factory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, I'll go. And I, I did one, uh, parade lap just to warm my car up real quick. And it was my first lap of the day. I was like, all right, let's do it. So I just flew down the straightaway. I pulled like I initiated. And then uh, for some reason, I went too far forward into the rumble strip and I broke my wheel. Oh, I was like, oh, freaking a first lap. And then uh, like after lunch, I did another lap and I broke a rear wheel. Oh, man. So two, two wheels in one day. Yeah. I think a grand part of 
of why people break stuff is because the track is not going to be able to upkeep it a little more, you know? Oh, the new owners? Yeah, it's not yeah. maintained very well. No. Like, not even a little bit. I didn't even know it was for sale. Or did they just offer him money? I have no idea how they got it, but uh, I hope that the new owners just upkeep it. I've heard that they're going to build, like, a skid pad, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, mainly it's just, you know, upkeeping the current track because this last time, dude, the ruts, the dirt drops were freaking massive. Yeah. They were freaking huge. And I was, so. I was reading on there, too, that they're going to build that skid pad. When the skid pad is done, they're going to update the track. I think they want to repave it. That will be cool. Um, that will be really I'm not cool. I'm 100% sure, though, so don't quote me on that. And Hopefully. then, um, I think they mentioned that it's open Monday through Friday. Yeah. So you go do test and tunes there. I think it was always open. You you would just call the uh, the owner and then you could just tell him, hey, I want to go, and he'll just open it. But, but uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember ever hearing that. I know you could run it out during the week, but I didn't know you can go do a test and tune. You know, yeah. for like 50, 60 bucks or whatever the price is. Yeah. Who knows? Because it's, I, I want to say it's a good track to test at, but at the same time, it's not. Because it's not mm. a high speed track. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I was in a test and tune properly, at the very least, I would go to, uh, to uh, Willow Springs, to Balcony. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do this year. Give me, save me up some money and go pay for the uh, membership. Hello? Yep. How much is a membership this year? I heard they increased prices. They might have. It's probably not by much, but everything's increasing in price, so I'm not bitching. Yeah. I yeah. Think, uh, like all the tickets went up in California this year, too. Yeah. Like speeding tickets got more expensive. The sauce tickets just got expensive. <laughs> apparently, it's apparently what we're reading is wrong because it says the first violation is the $25 violation. Oh. And it's at the cop's discretion. But I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, that's the area where it gets a little cloudy. Yeah, it's at the cop's very discretion. cloudy. You know what? I, know. I just got a license plate frame that says my other car is stock just to <laughs> mess with cops. <laughs> so I'm on, waiting for it right now. On your now. daily E30? Yeah, on the daily E30. Dude, I flipped one of those over on the freeway once Oh. with no. my son in the car. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it was... I, it was was it 2012 yeah 2012 i uh i got one i was on my way to my mom's house it was like pouring rain i hydroplaned i spun i hit the center divider and the car started to spin again and for some reason it just rolled over on the roof (laughs) i was like huh i was like in pouring rain it caught grip somewhere (laughs) oh my god decided to roll over i just like pictured you know like like in, in the Mario Kart, when they just throw the freaking shell, you just flip over for no reason. Yeah, I was. Uh, I just picture that. That's how. That's how it was, dude. And like every single window broke except for the ones where uh, my son was. Good, so thank was God. Good. Yeah, we walked away from that. I had like a little bump from the B pillar on my head, but that was nice. the extent of our injuries. Those little E30s, dude. They were built very, very well. They're very solid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're. I liked it, but then, you know, 
I don't know. I'm not like a huge import guy. I've always liked big cars. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully this other car works out. This boat. Yeah, I think it will. It is going to be a cool car. And, you we'll know, see. I think rear panels. I want you to, but I'm also poor. So <laughs> there's that. Don't worry. We'll you know, work something out. You know, we'll what, I, you know what I ended out. up doing is, uh, remember that car I told you I had? Well, I couldn't take it. So I cut the rear quarters off just to like throw the skin over the damaged piece that's on the current car. Oof. That's uh, that's, that's going to add a lot of weight. That's going to look like trash probably too. So, uh, no, I plan on getting a, another chassis because the nice. cage in this car is actually wrong. And there's Oof. like a lot of fab work I don't like about it. Like it'll pass um, Pro-Am tech. It'll probably mm-hmm. even pass FD tech, but there's just a lot about it I don't like. Like the B, the main hoop is too far forward. Should have been back a little, so I was. I, I want to get another chassis. Yeah, because I have enough parts to uh, put on a whole another chassis together, and then kind of just swap everything over. Good. At least that's the plan. So we'll see. But what, I can't wait to see that car. I cannot I, wait. I can't wait to see it either. I'm trying to find. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, like the Dodge Daytona. Not the Dodge Daytona. It's a it's a Dodge color, like the Challengers. They have like yeah. a, a really dark green. It's, I think so. It's called F8 Green. Um, they it comes in the Chargers and the Challengers. I think some Jeeps mm. have them too. But it's a, it's like a deep green, and that's what I want to go with, if I can. Interesting. Yeah, that would be a super cool color. Yeah, I noticed a lot of people do a lot of bright stuff. I kind of want to tone it down a little bit. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, even if you notice my livery, it's very different from the rest. It is. I really like about that. Your that's what I really like about yours. Yeah, it's uh I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the whole flame Japanese style. I don't. No um <laughs> it's uh you know, I'm being politically correct. <laughs> it's rice. It's you know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I grew up with too. I mean, some are freaking fantastic. I've seen some some liveries on that way that look freaking amazing. Yeah. And some that are just a little too wild. Um, in, in my taste, uh, I have a thing with shapes. I really like, you know, 50, mm-hmm. 50 and, and distribution. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, shapes for some reason have always got my life in, in all sorts of forms, whether I do music or business or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you notice my car is full of shapes, you know, I yeah. got like three angles and four angles. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to say I'm a, I'm a designer, but I definitely have a good eye for design. And I just made it good enough to where when I had sponsors, which now I do, thank God, you know, it would be easily readable. Yeah. And uh, and that's, you know, that was my main my main point, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, if we have the blessing to have sponsors, man, that's huge. And, you know, that helps us with the season and mm-hmm. that helps us, you know, with the goals that we want to accomplish. And without them, we truly wouldn't, you know, take the next step to our driving career. So I want to make sure that whoever I work with, not only is my is their logo represented well in my car, but me also as an individual, I am doing the most that I can for them, you know, to represent the brand. Whether it's you know giving merchandise or stickers, or I'll be the first one, you know, that that will go out of my way to make sure that they are happy. Definitely, that's good. Definitely a good business model to go by. Yeah, somewhat. Some people don't think that way. 
Yeah. 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 So, uh, what tires are you running this season? Uh, the same that I've been for a while, the Federals. Okay. Uh, so, in, in the front, I use uh, RSRRs, uh-huh. and in the rears, I use the RSRs. Mm. Uh, I went from uh, 17. I used to run in the rear 17, what is it? Uh, no, wait, two, 245, 40, 17s. Mm-hmm. And then I just got picked up by Clutch Wheels, and Clutch Wheels gave me a set of 18s. Those are nice. And yeah, and I'm going now with uh, 255, 35, 18. Mm-hmm. And dude, I mean, I cannot tell you. I, I really didn't think that switching from 17s to 18s, you know, would make a big difference in car feel. But holy crap, it did. Uh, like, a positive or a negative? Or different? Uh, just you had to get just, used to it. Yeah, just different. I, I don't, I don't want to say positive or negative. Mm. It was just different. Uh, I feel like my transitioning, it's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I have to back up. When I was running the 17s, I also wasn't running a front sway bar. So uh, as it is, you know, my transition wasn't as snappy as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I have the 18s, right, I tried the 18s without a sway bar. I definitely felt that my transitions were a little slower. Then I put a white line sway bar and holy crap, they were like lightning fast. <laughs> To the point that they were too freaking fast. I had to, you know, start working or, or dialing my my front toe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I used to run one eighth out. Now I'm a little bit closer to zero, so it's not as as snappier, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's it's been crazy just learning to dial the car in in a whole different manner. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really behind on that whole setting up a car th- nonsense. I really no. want to get that figured out. Dude, it's taking me years, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm just barely at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, at this point. or even just to do like a complete test day and kind of have like just change everything every time you make a different run. You know, go do yeah. a couple runs on one setup, change it. Exactly. Take some notes, and I think that's something I've I've always neglected to do, and it's something mostly because I'm lazy. Like. I can tell you right now, I would much rather be in the seat than to get out of my car, put it up in the air, and start making adjustments to the suspension. I'm the exact same way. And it's like, only going to bite me in the ass later. Dude, I am the exact same way. I have never really messed with my geometry and suspension in, in all in my four years or, or five years. Of, wait, I started in 2014, so four years of driving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I literally just, you know install some coilovers put you know some i made some research into what type of you know spring rate would be adequate for na and for turbo i kind of changed that and i just drove you know i i wouldn't even i mean like in in andy's lay day uh daryl was there with me and then daryl was like all right is your tire temperature you know on on point is your is your camber on point i'm like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just want to try it. <laughs> He's done the same thing to me before, too. He's like, yeah. what's your rear toe at? I was like, ah, you're asking a lot of questions, man. I don't I know. know right? <laughs> so, I mean, and that's one of the things, for example, that I admire about him and Nikki. And mm-hmm. Nikki, dude, I mean, his crew chief and brother, you know, the dude could dial a car so freaking spot on. It's amazing. I know. And I really those appreciate are the things that. Yeah. Those are the things that I am trying to learn now because I've always just driven the car 
you know, how he came. I unloaded it from the trailer and I just went to drive. I mm -hmm. didn't care if I had one negative toe and one positive toe. I just wanted to drive, you know. But uh, this last uh, new updates or new modifications that I've done, which is going with a true style coilover setup, uh, thicker sway bar in the front and in the rear. Uh, what I, I was are you on? Silvers, silver suspension. Oh, okay. So they're amazing. They they were able to, I guess, custom made a set for me to what I really wanted, and I I'm beyond happy. Super super happy. Oh, with your own uh, spec spring rates and whatnot. Yeah, my spring rates and my my ratio, uh, the what is it called the uh, the travel of the of the struts. I forgot what the heck it, it's called exactly. Um, and they were able to make me something very, very cool, and uh, and I like it. So right now I'm building uh, another car. I'm bu building an, actually an E46 that is going to be my my you dirty dog. Oh uh, no, <laughs> that was a cat, damn it. <laughs> but uh, I'm building an E46 that is going to be NA. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to just uh, you know M54 uh, with an intake exhaust and nitrous, straight up like super simple. Okay. But, uh, that's going to be, you know, my, my party car, the car that I'm going to take to Grange if I want to break something. I'm working on the same thing to try to get me a car. It's actually an E36 sedan. Nice. It's just going to be a shitbox. Well, if, if you want an E36 coupe, I have another one that I'll gladly, gladly help you and give you. <laughs> Oh, like like you have a coupe just sitting there doing nothing? Because I'll go yeah. pick that thing up. Dude, I mean, on, because of Big Duck Club, I literally have a collection of cars that I bought over the years. Uh, I, have, I have two E36s, two E30s, three E46s, and, uh, and I hope, I'm crossing my fingers right now that I'm going to get a 135i mm -hmm. uh, and make parts for that. But mm. I literally have a little... A little collection of cars that I've used to build, you know, parts. And at some point, I always say, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna make it a race car," but then I forget that making race cars costs money. <laughs> <laughs> You're so like, the I, business is doing well. It's not doing that well. <laughs> like, I know exactly, yeah. exactly. So basically, I am. I, I have an E46, a 330Ci, super clean. That it, it's there, you know, an E46, mm -hmm. and then I have another E36 that that is also there, just chilling. Uh, and that one has actually some parts. It's got an, an uh, uh, it's got some headers. It's got an exhaust, an intake. Yeah, it's that's a, that's what I was looking into to get a, at least an E36, just something as cheap as possible. Yeah. Just so I can get like some seat time, even though the car is going to be totally different. But at the end of the day, it's you know, seat time in a different car is better than no seat time at all. Dude, if you it's, it's got a blown engine. If you get an engine and we swap it together, which will take us literally five hours I'll, i have a crap load of e36 parts we'll put them in there and we'll have it as a practice car for the both of us <laughs> i'm how not even lying right now <laughs> how much are m52s dude you could buy one for like 300 bucks jesus seriously yep i bought mine for 300 i bought mine my m52 and my zf transmission for 300 bucks damn but that's just that's a really good deal though what's the going rate that's completely different Okay, the going rate is three hundred and eighty bucks. Oh well, that's dude, not, that's not they bad. Are, 
they are, dude, they are cheap. I see them all day long in the forums for like 300 bucks, 400 bucks, and people don't know this and because they're freaking amazing. Crap, and I'm giving the secrets right now, but oh well. Uh, the M52 engine, dude, you turbo it and you have a freaking 2JZ straight up, you know? Yeah, I keep hearing that. Dude, they are so freaking strong and so cheap. And, uh, I mean, stroking them, it's so easy and cheap, too. And then doesn't, it, like, CX Racing make, like, a dirt-cheap fucking uh, turbo kit for it, Yeah, too? and it's actually fairly decent. If you just you know, change... I ran their headers. Mm-hmm. Those were actually really great headers. No complaints. Dude, that, that CX Racing, what I've heard is that if you just change the wastegate, the blow-off valve, and uh, at a later time, the turbo, you have actually... Uh, fairly freaking decent turbo kit the the exhaust manifold it's it's been pretty decent from what i've heard from yeah people the, that that's what i yeah the headers like the manifold obviously they were yeah. nice like yeah real the the material's pretty thick like it's not like super thin stuff because like the headers i'm getting for the car are gonna be from uh, dna motorsports okay and from my understanding these are pretty thin but i remember the ones from cx racing they're nice they're beefy like even when i hit the wall and the um the frame rail hit the headers. I, it has a couple of the dents, but nothing broke or anything like that. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, I heard they're really cool. They're really good. Yeah, it, and then uh, if you don't know this, you can actually they have a uh, cash price picked up. Really? Yeah, if you call them and they're like, "Hey, what's your cash price picked up?" It's way under what their eBay price is. Oh heck, yeah. And you can buy individual parts. I'm about to go pick up some lower control arms then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they made lower control arms. What the hell? I don't know. I don't know if they do. I'm just talking oh, crap. I was like, shit. I bought the MG <laughs> Solutions ones. Oh, dude, there's, dude, I run the MG Solutions, and they are freaking beefy as heck. They Actually, are. wait. Do you still have them? No, I, I sold everything. Damn it. I was going to buy them off of you. I sold every. The only thing that broke, um, I don't know what it's called. It's It's got the uh, the threads on each end. And one side goes into the actual shaft, and the other side goes to um, the heim joint. Yeah. That broke. Everything else was fine. I sold them for dirt cheap, too. I think I got, like, I think I charged them 40 bucks, maybe 60 Oh, my gosh. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I run their angle kit, and, and it's really a really good angle kit. I, I ran the driftknuckles.com. Last one, I didn't, you know, I don't know enough to say it's a bad kit, but I don't know anybody who's like driven on it and been like, yeah, this thing sucks. No one's ever said that. The drift knuckle ones? Yeah. I mean, I am assuming they are just extended control arms with Correct. modified knuckles. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, I mean, I, I, that was my first angle kit when I had, you know, my E36 mm-hmm. or in my E36. Um, it wasn't from them, but it was, from another person and he made it at zero Ackerman. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, I loved it. Transitioning was what's quite slow, but uh, that's when you learn how to play with your steering and, and you know, with your with your foot and left foot braking and all that. But I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. The MG Solutions was way snappier, way faster from, from that particular kit. Yeah, unfortunately, no, one's, no one makes a kit for my car. And supposedly, one guy... He is having one made, and it's going to be like an $1,800 kit. Damn. I'm like, well, you know, I'll put all my pennies away. 
But I know. Let me know what happens. But I, I'm going to run the knuckles I got and see how that works. Yeah. And then I I'm found, pretty sure you'll be fine. Yeah. I found out that the Z, the Z34 uh, outer tie rods fit on my car. Nice. For the uh, extension. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. So. If one, not, you could weld yourself one. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen me weld. It's <laughs> not good. In fact, very questionable. People can get hurt. Oh, man. Do, that are, was what. Do you weld? Yeah, I do. Are you I do. Good at it? I am decent. I'm, I'm pretty decent. I mean, my first few passes always suck. So I need to practice always for like a good five minutes. Oh, okay. But that was the thing with my car, with my E36. Um, actually, going back to when I got it, you know, I, I bought it with a blown engine from San Diego got it to my car and that was, you know, pretend me, I am coming from the music industry to where I am heavily involved in, in music production and, uh, and I hadn't touched cars in, in 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. actually, you know, I'm lying because I had my, my WRX, uh, but I didn't do as, I mean, I did small stuff like changing my intercooler or my exhaust. I didn't really, you know, mess with, you know, the major stuff. And anyway, uh, I got my E36. I bought my M52 engine for 300 bucks, and I called this mechanic shop and I asked them, "Hey, you know, uh, how much do you guys charge me to to swap my my motor and trans?" And they were like, "Oh, like 2,500 bucks." And I'm like, "Oh crap, that's a lot of money, you know." Mm-hmm. So I went on Craigslist and I literally picked up a, a cherry picker, and my girlfriend at the time, well, which is now my wife, I told her, "Hi, right, baby, we're gonna." We're going to, you know, swap an engine. And she mm-hmm. was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to swap an engine. And literally, we didn't even have tools. I went to Harbor Freight and I bought, you know, the little, like the, the tool kit, like the tool chest kit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, I literally was, I had no idea in the mess that I, that I threw myself in. And I remember I started taking stuff apart with the help of Majestic YouTube. And uh, YouTube's great and, for that. Oh my gosh, dude. I know everything about everything because of YouTube. Seriously, it's the greatest university on earth. Definitely. Uh, but uh, I remember by the time I got to the, to the wire harness, I was like, oh man, I got to start disconnecting crap and I got to make sure where it goes back. So I just grabbed painter's tape and I would disconnect, you know, the, 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 the clips mm-hmm. and I would put one, one, and then two, two. I've done that three, before. Three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned I that know. from YouTube, actually, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was, you know, an idle control valve or a throttle positioning sensor or a cam sensor. I was just like, one, one, two, two, three, three, you know? And, uh, and I ended up, you know, swapping my whole engine myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and th- that was my first real task upon getting that E36. And it was successful. I made it run. And I actually, I actually found out that the engine that I bought had a blown head gasket. So, so I was like, dang it. You know, I was like all, all mad that I had bought this engine and I swapped it, blah, blah. So I literally went to O'Reilly's and I bought the little uh, stop smoke oil thing. Mm-hmm. And I literally threw like three of those in the engine and that was it. And I freaking, I ran it like that for a year, you know. And it didn't blow up? And it didn't blow up. And I was like, dude, on the rev limiter hard, you know? And it lasted like that for, for a whole full year until I went turbo. It's, that's really sketchy. 
Dude, it was so sketchy, but but you know that just speaks of how great those M52s are. Literally, and they you, are and you've amazing. Been dragged deeper and deeper into cars since then, huh? Yeah. With yeah. Because uh, I know you like you got a big heart on for E30s now, don't you? I do. I do. I mean, ever since you know I started Big Duck Club, mm-hmm. I just got a a heart for BMWs. Period. Um, you know, I, I started doing parts for BMWs. Actually, my first part was a little wing, a little duck wing. Oh, okay. Uh, and I made that out of out of uh, Bondo and fiberglass, and that's actually how they came, how the name came about, because I was in, in in one of the forums and I posted a picture of the wing, and then you know people were like, oh my gosh, you know you're trying to make you know the German cars for Japanese, blah blah. blah. And then uh, some dude, it's all about, you know, like, oh, you, you either put a real wing or you don't put a wing. And some guy was like, oh, it's about the big wang club, you know, like the huge spoilers. Mm-hmm. It's, about, it's, it's all about the big wang club. And then some other dude was like, nah, man, it's all about the big duck club because of the little ducktail spoiler. And I was like, ah, I'm going to take that name or I'm going to, you know, mess with that name. And basically it started as a joke, just a big duck club. Mm-hmm. And then it just stuck. Like, people would be like, oh, yeah, the guy that made the Big Duck Club wing, uh, he's making over fenders now. Oh, yeah, the Big Duck Club guy, he's making side skirts. And it just stuck as Big Duck Club. You know, people say Big Dick Club. and Of course you know. they do. That's why I wanted to know how big your duck was. <laughs> Even my license. Even your license what? Even my license plate is a play on words. The U is the U that has the two little dots in oh. the in the U. Uh-huh. So it's, you know, big dick dick duck club whatever i never so, noticed it i have to see it dude and you have no idea like you have no idea how many times i've you know been pulling my trailer in the freeway and i just see people passing by taking a picture of the freaking car because it says huge on the side of big duck club and they think it's a big dick club <laughs> Damn, dude! So many times, just people laughing their butt off, saying, "Oh my gosh, who the heck is this freaking nerd?" You know, <laughs> like this guy. That is not age appropriate. Clearly, no <laughs> shit. How many? When are you gonna have a duck duck goose event, dude? I like that. I know. I thought about that the other day. I was like, this is a good question. I'm writing that's this a, down. <laughs> that's a good name. Dude, you know what? As a matter of fact... I well, just want to go. Dude, you should. You totally should. And, and I mean, uh, Rome, Daryl, and I, damn it, I've been mentioning him a lot in this podcast. Uh, the three of us were actually going to have a test day uh, mid-February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rome with his you know, newly tuned and put back together FD car. And then Daryl and I with our pro-am cars. Yeah. So your car is ready by then. Dude, please come with us. Nowhere near ready by then. Promise. That's a promise. Well, then hopefully you could drive the the other E36 that I'm saying. You know the, uh, you know Andrew, right? Molina? Or no, Good Luck? Atala. Oh, yeah. So he has a, he has a sedan E36. Okay. Then I was... I was going to try to get that off of him, depending on how yeah. cheap it is. Yeah. So Andrew has a whole bunch of cars. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why I'm trying to get one off of him. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's one of those people that's like, hey, it's on sale. I'm going to buy it. 
I'm like, do you I need know. it? He's like, no, not at all. He's like, but it's on sale. Dude, I, I got like, my, my, my first set of E46 arms from him for my for my E36 car. Yeah, it was from him. <laughs> and I went to his house and he had like three, E40, three E46s just being, you know, parted out mm-hmm. to build what is his, now his E46. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that and, freaking house looks like a wreckyard, you know? And he has a nut. He cleaned it up nice. recently. Yeah, he's got nice. like an M6. Uh, he's got a 240 stuff in the garage too. I was like, I, like, oh. I was like, why is this pile of shit in here? Well, he had one and and it burned down. Yeah. I think at top drift. Yeah, that's that what he told me. Yeah, that's the one. Oh freaking a! Yeah, he's got like an SR24. I, I, yeah, no, he has an SR24 and a trans, but he's never. I don't think he'll ever get around to actually putting it together. Yeah. At least not anytime soon. Not with all the other projects he takes on. Yeah. He's going to be one of those people. He's like, I bought another project car. I'm like, you haven't even finished one yet. I know. I'm at that point to where actually my wife and I said, this year we are actually for real. Not like last year or the year before last, but we for reals are going to have a uh, uh, a spring sale. <laughs> and literally, I'm go- I am I have like, four pair of over fenders at my house. I have like five side skirts, you know, from my, from my own company and from other companies. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, like seven drills and like two presses. I have, dude, I've collected so many things over the years that I just don't have space period. I might so, need some stuff. I need dude, a freaking air compressor, dude. I got a little one. It sucks. Which one, the Harbor Freight one, the little? No, 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 not that small. I got like a 15 gallon DeWalt one, but it's like probably like 12 years old. Oh, dang. If not older. Yeah. Yeah, it might even I, be older. I have mine, but I'm definitely not selling that one. <laughs> yeah, I need to get a little bit, one with a larger tank. Yeah. Like I went to clean my rotors off because I have a small little Harbor Freight sandblaster. Nice. And my rotors that I have, they've just been sitting in a puddle of water for like six months. So I was like, let me sandblast these before I take them in to go, you know, have my uh, knuckles done. And like I would spray like a few times, get like a small section off. And then I got to wait for my uh, my air compressor to fill back up. Oh, freaking A. It was annoying. It, it's done it before. It's my dad's old one. He's like, here, you can have it. I'm tired of that pile of shit. <laughs> he went and bought like a big 65 gallon one. Not, oh, dude, I want one of those so bad uh. for the shop. It, so. And then where you got, is your shop over there by your house? No. So, uh, I live in Glendora. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, you mentioned that. Yeah. And then, but my office is in, in Hollywood. Um, that's the, your the, work my, though, right? Yeah, that's my work. So that's, uh, I do have a daily or a daily, I guess a, a daily job, nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, where I'm heavily involved with the music industry. And, uh, I manage a very large business internationally. Mm-hmm. And as well as produce, I still produce music for quite a few big artists. Oh, you do? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's why, well, I, I won't mention the music industry because if not, I'll go into another tangent. But anyway, the uh, my uh, my shop is in Hesperia. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, Big Duck Club. So uh, I do, I have a few workers that they live in Hesperia themselves. And they are the ones that are going to the shop, you know, every day. I go there like once a week at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get something that, that it was closer to them, uh, rather than just me. So yeah, I, I pulled that trigger a, a few months ago to where I have my own shop, my own workers, my own tooling, 
you know, everything. I mean, everything that, that I could, uh, that, that, that I, well, I don't want to say that I could imagine, but everything that is needed to make full blown parts that still have the same quality, uh, that I, that I was making them with other manufacturers. So, you mm. know, I have it in my own shop. And the thing is that, uh, I had, I went through a whole bunch of different manufacturers, you know, some screw me over very, and, uh, doing Someone this screwed you over what? Oh, I, I've gotten screwed over quite a few times yeah. from different manufacturers. And it came to the point to where I just wanted to, you know, to really invest uh, or, or really control my own money, my own dollar, and, you know, not have to wait on their timelines yeah. and, and stuff like that. So I so I opened my own shop, and now um, I'm getting to the point to where it's finally becoming a little bit more profitable on its own. Mm-hmm. It's always been profitable, but I've been, I didn't have my own place. Having my own place, of course, there's rent and expenses and employees, etc. Mm-hmm. So now it's becoming profitable, and then my next step is buying a, a CNC router table. So from now on, I could start making all my kits, you know, uh, 3D 3D routed rather than just by hand. Oh, all your kits are made by hand right now. Right now, every single one has been made by hand. Yeah, in America, by the way. In America, <laughs> by a Not Brazil. That's made here. No, yeah. Hey, it's still made here. Doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> I was so, always curious what your ethnicity was too. So you're Brazilian, huh? I was born in Brazil uh-huh. and I was raised in Bolivia. Uh-huh. Uh, if you ask me, you know where I'm from, I will tell you I'm, I'm from Bolivia. That's uh, that's where I raised. That's where that's I was where you raised. Grew up, right. Yeah. I mean, I I've actually well, I grew up in a whole bunch of different countries, oh. but most of them or most of my younger younger years were in Bolivia. Oh, so, okay. so I consider myself Bolivian, and as a matter of fact, I mean, as of last year, California has been the longest place where I've ever lived in my life. Oh wow! And you've been it's here how long now? I think eight years. Okay. Eight or nine years, something like that. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm Californian now, and now we have to leave California because they don't allow us to have nice exhausts. I know. It's freaking A. Well, yep. I think you can. I, I don't know. It's just, that's thing. It's super cloudy. I think it's just going to get until all that shit goes away. Yeah. Just keep your street car at home for now. I know. Just because <laughs> I want to, like, I still want another Cadillac. I want to, I always, I still want another street car. It's got to be another Cadillac, but yeah. Those things are loud. They come with the LS, so. Uh, no, those and are you, nice. And you can't just leave, you know, stock exhaust on a Cadillac. Exactly. You can't be quiet. No, so, you can't do that. No. That's blasphemy. Exactly. But, hey, and then, so, if somebody ever wanted to know, do you do custom work too, as far as, you know, if somebody wanted to get their own over fenders made or their own, like, rear back halves made? Yes. So I just started uh, offering private label services and uh, we just got actually our first uh, two customers. Mm-hmm. And yes, we we do we do private label for people. And basically the whole thing of why we're doing that or how or or even how we're working it is, you know, I went through the through the, you know, growing pains myself mm-hmm. of finding the the hard the right partner that would be able to help me design the parts and manufacture the parts and make sure that they keep my molds intact you know yeah 
and uh, man, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, I, I only had one company who I still very much respect, uh, and they are based in, in San Diego, but me going to San Diego every weekend was extremely difficult. So unfortunately I had to, I had to go, you know, look for other people, mm. but, uh, yeah. So basically what we're doing is that we're offering whoever wants to build their own parts in carbon, in fiberglass or in Kevlar, uh, a basically a one-stop shop to where we could, uh, design for you. We can manufacture for you. We could, uh, store the molds. We could even drop ship from you. Mm. So, so let's say you wanted to, you wanted to build a business or you wanted to, to open your, your own parts business, but you didn't want to keep the inventory or, or, you know, have your own warehouse. We'll keep that inventory for you. And then we will ship in, ship it according to your order, uh, demand. Gotcha. So, uh, and then, you know, pricing wise, dude, again, I, 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 I got screwed over many times, like many, many, many times. I probably lost around $20,000 over the past, you know, four years. Um, and, uh, I don't want to do that at the end of the day. My main goal is to support the community, not mm -hmm. just to make a buck. So, uh, I'm going to be extremely fair with the people. I mean, right now we are manufacturing or we are about to start doing the, the 135 that I told you. Mm -hmm. When do you get the 135 in or do you already have it? No. So the, the, the 135 is coming, uh, actually next month. Okay. It's coming, it's coming next month. And, uh, basically we're going to do a full, over white body over fender, uh, mm. and then, uh, some side skirts and, uh, so, some other things It's going to be very much oriented towards, uh, track towards gotcha. Sam attack. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, when I told the guy, you know, my prices to do the mold and the design and, and everything, he couldn't believe it. I mean, other companies were charging him, you know, upwards to like 20, 30 grand where I was charging him less than 10. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm being fair. I'm still having my own profit. I'm, I'm still, you know, doing what is necessary for my company to, to keep afloat, but I'm giving them a, a, a good price. So, and the thing with us is that if you, if you want to make your own parts, let's say for your car, you know, your, your, your rear end, if you want to do that, you are the rightful, the rightful owner of your molds. Mm -hmm. Not because we are doing it means that we own the molds, which was one of the very, very, hard realities that I had to learn from a company that screwed me over, you know, yeah. um, I paid him to do X work and then they ended up keeping my molds because they said that, Oh, they did it. Not me. Even though I paid him thousands and thousands of dollars to make them. Yeah. To make them. So yeah, that's when I, decided. I mean, I, I'm doing everything so people could be happy, content and painless. You know, you, we don't have any minimum quantities aside, you know, when you do the mold, of course, we need to cover the costs, which that comes with a minimum quantity. But other than that, you know, they could purchase by unit or they could pay, purchase by section. If, you know, you want to purchase only one over fender, not all four, we could do that for you. No problem. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. And then is there like a, uh, do you have it? So I don't, I've never been on your website actually, because I have a computer in front of me. Go peek at it. Do you have like a store set up on your website? Like where yes, you can just I, do it because personally for me, I hate dealing with people directly when I need to order something. Yeah. I'd rather just click buttons, you know, because then I know what I put in my cart and I know what I'm paying for. It's just yeah. kind of like a peace of mind deal. I've had exactly. to order parts from people before and then I'm like, that's not what I ordered. Yeah. So, so I, I do. So I, I do have a website. It's uh, bigduckstyle.com. 
somebody decided to steal the Big Duck Club from me or registered the website. What? And uh, I know, freaking jerks. I literally paid for the website, then it expired, and literally like three days later, somebody else had registered it. So I was freaking pissed. So is it like a porno site now? <laughs> <laughs> but someone freaking just took it. Did you try to buy it back? Uh, I contacted the guy. He's in Arizona, and oh. he never replied back. I, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, I don't know, maybe a competitor uh, who did that. Gotcha. Uh, if you go to bigduckclub.com, it literally sends you to YouTube to a freaking duck hunt video game, like the duck hunt video game thing. Uh-huh. You know, takes you to that video. So, nothing. That, that's one way to do it. Yeah. But it's okay. I mean, people still find me in bigduckstyle.com. And yeah, we have all of our parts for selling there. Okay. That's good to know. That sucks, though. <laughs> I know. For someone to do you dirty like that? Hang on one second. I got to plug in my computer. I didn't realize the uh, power cord had come out. There we go. There we go. But yeah, that's that's cool that you're even offering that. And then do you kind of like advertise that or is that just kind of like if someone asks me, I'll do it? But So I have not started advertising strongly that mm-hmm. it's been kind of word to mouth. Yeah, uh, I have posted, you know, in my Instagram a few times. Hey, private label available, and people have uh, have uh, have reached out to me. Uh, and right now, of course, having the first two clients is amazing. Um, we have more than enough time and space to do their cars, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't want to overload my guys with work. Yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want my clients to go through what I went to where companies, you know, promised me to have this project in X amount of time. And then they were overload themselves with, you know, other people's work and they didn't. So I want to make sure that when I tell you, Hey, your project is going to be done in, you know, three months or two months, I do it that way. Yeah. Uh, like just recently, I mean, we just feel finished building the E46 sedan over fender kit. We are one of the, one of the two companies in the world who make that kit. And uh, and it was supposed to take us a month and a half, and it ended up taking us three months because, you know, I mean, well, end of the year and festivities and yeah. super bad weather to where uh, uh, fiberglass and resins wouldn't dry as quickly as they should. But, uh, I mean, it's done, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that I don't want to go again. If I tell you, you know, Two months. I want to make sure that I have it in two months, not in a year. Yeah. So. And does that is that stuff take time, like that much time, or is it just kind of like you also still have to fill your orders? So um, both, because while we are designing the car and building the the mold and all that, we still have to fill orders. Mm-hmm. However, the molding part is not really what takes time. We could mold. You know, the whole car in just a few days, like two, three days uh, at the but, most. But I meant like the design and everything. Yeah, that, that's the part that it takes time to design. Gotcha. Because, because it, it's, you have to play with it. You have to play with fitment. You have to play, you know, with uh, if the gas door opens or closes, you know, properly. If the, the rear door, you know, opens and closes properly. Doing a coupe car, it is 10 times easier and faster than doing a sedan car for sure. Um but uh, there's that design time 
it's always consuming because once you actually have, you know, something done, you have to put the right wheels and you have to put suspension in the car and you have to jump in the car to make sure that, you know, the new fitment won't rub in, you know, little corners and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, it takes time and, uh, and we take the time to develop it properly. Okay, so, so that, that makes sense. So you're just trying to make sure you have a, a product that's actually useful, you know? Yeah, that not, yeah. Not something that, you know, you take it out on the street, you hit a little bump, and then, you know, your fender rips off because you, you rubbed. Exactly. Okay. I mean, and what people know us for, Big Duck Club, it is for how your resistant our part. Well, yeah, the Big Duck's. Of course, you know. Sorry, we, I'm child. We, Go ahead. We, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, what, what they know us for is for how resistant the parts are. Mm. So I ended up, uh, you know, by by casuality, I ended up mixing my own resin, and uh, and that resin ended up becoming extremely flex- flexible while being very resistant. Okay. So literally, we have customers that they use their over fenders for two or three years, they crash their cars, you know, left and right, and their over fenders are, are still intact. Hmm. Uh, case point, case point, and once again, mentioning, you know, uh, uh, Rome. Rome has been running my over fenders for the past two and a half years in that car. Hmm. He has, you know, gone deep into walls. Uh, he has chopped his whole rear end, and the over fenders are still in one piece, you know? That's so good. and yeah that's, and a, a lot of, that's definitely a testament to the product you're putting out there yeah yeah and uh and you've kept that that resin recipe the same right like the your formula that you put together for that yeah correct in okay. in every single place you know i actually built a, a a contract with every single manufacturer to where they are not allowed to use my mix um and uh it's uh I don't want to say it's a patented mix, but it's a registered mix to where you have to buy X amount of materials. And then one of the one of the uh, additives for the U.S., you could only buy it from one person, which is funny. It's a, it's a household made additive. And uh, basically, when somebody orders it or w- when I tell him, hey, I'm working with X, Y and Z. If somebody orders them, he'll actually call me and he'll tell me, hey, this person just bought this additive, you know? Yeah. I've, I've been able to grow into a very good relationship with him, so so I have that from him. Damn. You got that all figured out. Shit, that's actually really cool. I didn't... Yeah, oh. yeah. So. All right, man. Yes, well, sir. I can't wait to see you at the Drift League. Dude, we're going to have fun. Yeah, I'm gonna be there spectating, so uh, I'll be there unless, by some miracle, I get my engine rebuilt in time. I'll show up with an unpainted car. I don't give a shit. Dude, heck yeah! I'll I'll paint it before round two, but I'll show up in an unpainted car. I remember seeing you. I mean, I I I didn't go to Top Drift, Mm -hmm. but I remember seeing a video of you driving around one last year in your E46. And you overshot, you know, the 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 first initiation mm-hmm. and you literally went into the freaking into the dirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw that video of you and I remember, you know, people saying, Oh, you shouldn't be competing because you know you're not uh you haven't been drifting and blah blah. And sure I remember and, and and I was like the one that defended you. I was like, Hey, 
you know, freaking give him a freaking break. He's trying to, you know, learn. And I don't know if you even knew that was me, but that don't was remember. me kind of defending you back there because, dude, we all learn somewhere. So, I, you know, I, I do have that very much I don't care attitude. I'm trying to not do that so much anymore because I don't want to get anybody hurt. <laughs> yeah, you almost killed freaking. Not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> not my fault. He just was in the wrong spot. Wrong spot. You shouldn't be standing behind an orange fucking K-Rail. A plastic <laughs> K-Rail that's empty, by the way. Oh my god. Hoping gosh. for it's gonna protect you. Uh no, yeah. but even though, you know, I don't wanna get I don't wanna get anybody hurt. So definitely but no one got hurt, so we're good. Good. I don't yeah. wanna be that one guy that gets someone killed at a professional drifting event. Oh my gosh. The fr- I think I'd be the second guy. The first guy at, in China wearing his car broke and his wheel fell off and hit somebody. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. Dang. So, and that was like the only time someone's died at a professional drifting event. Wish that sucks. Yeah, I know. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was his girlfriend. <gasps> he killed his girlfriend? I don't know. I know that it was Dude. one guy. I know it was some guy's girlfriend who got hit by the wheel. I just don't know if it was his girlfriend. Dude, if if, if it was his girlfriend, you know he was doing it on purpose. She was- <laughs> She was most likely, you know, nagging him that he spent too so much money. Apparently, the she cars was the spotter. And the tires, so he made it a way out. Oh damn, that's fucked up, man. It's too soon. Bro, to make it. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you know we're smart. We, we, we know how to do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Commit murder premeditated. You go to jail forever, man. Dang. But. All right, you said it, not me. Right. But, hey, man, thank you again for coming on. Uh, I got some editing to do since it cut out a couple times. But, again, thank you. And uh, where can people find you and your product? Cool, bro. Thank you for having me. And uh, all my socials are RJ Drifts, all my social, and then Big Duck Club or in, in Instagram, and then BigDuckStyle.com for the website. Mm-hmm. And then if uh, if you ever want to make your own uh, parts or thinking and starting your own business and, you know, fiberglass, carbon fiber, whatever, hit me up and then I'll help you. And you, do you guys make, are you currently making carbon fiber? We make what? Carbon fiber right now? Yeah, we do. You know what? Real quick. What the hell's the difference between carbon fiber and carbon Kevlar? Well, the whole material itself is totally different. Uh, the weave is different. Uh, the the thickness is different. It's basically like saying, you know, what's uh, what's the difference in between cotton and silk kind of deal. So it's is the material itself. What is better? Uh, or is one oof. not better than the other? To just do different it, things. Yeah, uh, I mean, it depends for what you're using it. For mm-hmm. example, you know, for over fenders. I would never want to do over fenders that are for for a competitive purpose for like for like drifting for example in carbon because carbon is rigid uh, it's a little too 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 hard so you know we want something that is flexible mm. so a matte, so a matte fiberglass or some other combined material you know would be best for flexibility so you, I mean, I guess you could do it with with carbon, but you know it's much more stiffer than than fiberglass. Kevlar, uh, Kevlar, you have different types of Kevlar's on weaves. 
and you are able to build something that is as flexible and as strong, but it's like four times more the price. Holy um, shit. Okay. That's what I was curious about. Oh, dude. I mean, for, for fiberglass, you know, I believe the yard is like $6 or something like that. For carbon fiber, it's like $42. Oh. And for Kev- and for Kevlar, it's like somewhere like 30, 33 or 34. I mean, it goes up substantially. And that's why carbon fiber parts are expensive. Ah, okay. That makes sense now. Yep. All right. All right, man. Thank you, dude. You have a good night. You too, man. Peace. Right. Bye.